Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 29th of July 2010. I always start off the show by addressing it to newcomers who come in wondering what's there. Well, I advise them to go into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website. There's hundreds of audios for download for free. And some people have astonished me by telling me they have gone over them all. And what I do is try and chronicle time as we move through time and show you why things are happening rather than just give you the stories. But so there's an awful lot there, and it's good reference material too. There's lots of links as well to different articles where I try and prove my point, at least give evidence to people. That's all they want now is evidence. Some people want evidence all the time, and even when you give it to them, it changes nothing. And that's, that's an odd thing with humanity these days. Now, remember too, when you go into cuttingthroughmates.com, there's all those other sites I've got listed, and you should bookmark them. You might find sticking on the com sometimes when so many folk go into it at one time. And that way you can get cleaner downloads. And they all have the same audios. Uh, they all have transcripts, transcripts of a lot of the talks I've given in English for print up. And if you want uh, transcripts in other languages of the shows, go into alanwattsentinel.eu and you'll find quite a lot there as well. And while you're at it, remember, buy the books I have. They're different from the usual books. They're not boring, dry times and dates and generals and stuff like that. Uh, I show you techniques by, in fact, the technique is the reading of it and how to wake up and think in a non-linear fashion. Uh, and you understand things much, much easier when you're not stuck inside the box and coming to predetermined conclusions as, as you're meant to do by your training. So purchase the books, and there's lots of discs as well you can purchase. That's how I get by. The ads you hear on this show are paid by advertisers directly to RBN for the broadcast and for the staff and equipment bills and so on. So you have to help me out with mine. This gives me a freer hand when I don't have to bring on, on guests who, who sell things and so on. So if you donate or purchase the things I have, that, that will help me keep going. Remember, from the States to Canada, you can use a personal check. You can also use an international postal money order from your post office. Cash is fine. That gets through. And you can use um, Western Union sometimes. It's very expensive. Western Union's got quite a fee on it, quite a hefty fee. Moneygram's another one. And you can order or donate. And if you want to, or by PayPal. So if you want to purchase through PayPal, send me the, the donation in a separate email with your name, address, and the order, and I'll get it right out to you. Same across the rest of the world. You're stuck with Western Union Moneygram or Cash or PayPal for donating or to purchase. There's a separate email with your name, address, and order if you want to purchase, along with the PayPal donation. And, as I say, I chronicle basically what's happening as we live through life, because most folk uh, were born into their own particular time. The children born 10 years ago are getting a different reality from the ones born 5 and 10 years before that. We're updated gradually according to a grand design. Uh, not by magic or uh, hidden masters, uh, at least not in the terms that you're given by the New Age. 
Uh, these headmasters are certainly high uh, scientists, but the, they're ongoing intergenerational, and they've been in the planning of this for an awful long time. We're being upgraded for a, a new world society, a new way of living. We're living through it. Uh, I've lived through it. Uh, my generation was all turned upside down, and uh, the generations before mine too were also turned upside down, not quite so quickly as mine. And uh, all the old norms and values were tossed out the window during the hippie era, of course, which I was a bit young for that. But um, I saw um, the older hippies and how they were and how their brains had been affected, certainly by uh, having so many trips and free love and all the rest of it. You could see the consequences of it in them. That was a precursor to communitarianism. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back again when we're cutting through the matrix and talking about chronicling time and history as you go through it, you're living it. Most folk don't know, of course, what they're living through is a, a worldwide uh, ongoing revolution. They have no idea, their parents didn't know, and they, they don't even know the real reasons they've been going to policing actions since World War II all over the world and what was really behind it. They didn't see the NGO groups that flooded into the countries under the, that they'd helped to invade under the guise of policing, uh, under UNESCO. And UNESCO's job, of course, is not only to make a standardized uh, um, education across the world, a socialized education, but it's also to raise uh, the, the future community leaders by training them at school and then placing them in puppet regimes. This has been ongoing uh, way to do things since, as I say, World War Two, And it's interesting, too, I've talked about think tanks and the big foundations and how they all work together. A lot of the think tanks actually are owned by the foundations. And organizations like MI6 and CIA and so on, they don't just work uh, in their own organization. They have many legitimate uh, front companies which you can work in, um, and that's what they call public-private again. There's areas where they're forbidden to go by law, but they can do it through these, these private organizations. Uh, but they also depend on power pressure, what they call soft power for invasions. That's what they used uh, with demonstrations in Iran and other countries before that, uh, hoping all these NGOs which they organize from the West will start up internal revolutions and overthrow, at least prepare the, the way for the overthrowing of the, the regimes that are in power. There are thousands and thousands of non-governmental organizations and thousands of uh, of these foundations. Many of them are fronts for other foundations. One foundation, for instance, can have maybe 100, 200, 300 fronts, all paid for by, say, the Rockefeller Foundation and different areas of society, because the whole of society and the organization of it is to completely change, radically change, everything upside down, in fact. I mean, we're going through a bit of that at the moment, the radical upside down. Yesterday, I talked about, um, as I mentioned, uh, the positive discrimination, it's called. It's a legitimate thing in governments now where they can uh, put in people who have just come into the country, you need sometimes, and get put them in top positions in governments. 
and that's okay because they're, they're the right color and the right gender and right sexual orientation, whoever that might be. And, of course, the preferred orientations as well, as you all well know. And uh, this is called reverse discrimination. And Australia is doing it. All British, um, I'll still call it empire countries because it still is really, they call it Commonwealth now. And um, it's, it's been implemented across the board. But this has been going on, as I say, since uh, World War II more openly for those that follow anything at all. Uh, it's generally not in the mainstream media. But some of these, th- these foundations work uh, have, have, with other foundations which are their, their fronts and their job is to do nothing except go around all the other foundations and NGOs to get consensus on particular topics like the ecology and uh, sustainability and all that kind of stuff. So this, this mentioned it doesn't matter what, if it's a one, one-legged whatever meeting of, of whatever, um, you, you'll bring that up during your, your presentation uh, that, that must save uh, the, the ecology and must have a sustainable lifestyle and all that kind of stuff. But you don't realize, too, that the UN has umbrella, an umbrella of, or see, an umbrella organization, really, that does the picking and choosing for the United Nations, which is, again, in New York. Everybody thinks it's a strange concept, really, isn't it? United Nations thing. It's not really a government, but it's set up to do what a world government does. Um, it's not really a country, uh, but it's in New York uh, and all this kind of stuff set up again during and at the end of World War II, and everybody's sovereignty was signed away when they signed the San Francisco Treaty. That's just a fact. Dig it up. I'm sure you get access to it. Dig it up, go through it. And basically they, they swore that whatever the UN came up with, they came up with the laws, you see, they give them to all the member countries, then sign them into law, and then must start implementing it and enforcing it. What's the point in having a national government if that really is the case, which it is? But here's an organization here uh, which picks the NGOs that are politically correct enough to join the United Nations, and it's based again in New York, and it's the, the Economic and Social Council, is called, also called ECOSOC, meaning social, social economics, and also ecology, obviously, ECOSOC. And I'll put the link up for you to look at at cuttingthroughthematrix.com at the end of the show. But you'll see, if you go into Google, you can can actually see all the different things I've got up there for you to read, all the different organizations. I couldn't believe how many organizations just this one one, uh, group actually is in control of. It's pretty well every facet of society, definitely all the children's uh, uh, minds are going along the agendas put out by these kind of characters here. But this is what the, the, the Soviets dreamed of before they were the Soviets. This was their idealized world system where experts and scientists would rule over people living in their little communities who would be stakeholders but not shareholders in their communities, meaning you had no rights at all. But you would think you're participating. It's kind of like Honda factories in Canada and elsewhere. They have meetings every morning for the employees and ask them suggestions and stuff like that and try to get everybody involved, making, making you think that you're all part of the company, but you're just an employee regardless. You're hired and fired. So this is how it works. So it's interesting, too, that George Orwell in the old black and white uh, movie, it was done in Britain with Richard Burton and John Hurt, I think it was, uh, you see the flags of the, the section they lived in of the world, the new world at the time, 
and it was in Ingsoc, Ingsoc, English socialism, you see. So here's uh, Ecosoc for you from the United Nations. And as I say, it's organization after organization, and there's even pages on the ones who are applying to be accepted by them, and it goes on forever and ever. It's got everything in it. It just boggles the mind. And these groups are all being paid for by the big foundations as, and used as pressure groups in societies to bring in the... the and see, the, the governments know their part. Their, their part is to listen to the end, certain NGOs that are authorized who demand things because the governments are ready to pass laws on those things. They, they work together, you see. It's a show for the public. And the mainstream media will say people have demanded, the people of Canada or the U.S. or Britain have demanded, and of course they didn't do anything the kind... Some NGO uh, that pretended to speak on their behalf demanded this and that and all the rest of it. That's really the con that, that goes on. But you can't believe, as I say, until you go through non-governmental organizations and the multi-thousands of them all funded to be part of this parallel government who will eventually be making their presence felt right down to your own community when they come forward with their leaders for your new com- communitarian um, society which is definitely coming down the pike. It's, it's already up and running in some places, I say, even in the States. I had something here in the Napta Valley, in fact, on that. I might try and find it later. But here's an article, too, about how you have to be brought down uh, with your standard of living, way down. Remember, way, way down, because they keep upping the quotas of energy saving and carbon reduction every year. That's the purpose, to bring you down and down and down into this new way of living. And this article here is from a British site, I believe, but it says, Householders face a £300 a year rise in their gas and electricity bills and significant cuts in how much energy they use if Britain is to keep the lights on. That's what they've been told over there and meet its climate change targets. The government has said, actually, this is uh, that fool, uh, Hune, I guess is a politician or something, who has said people would have to make ambitious cuts in their own consumption, ambitious cuts. So what he's proposing is that we should use less electricity and pay substantially more for it. We're, we're, we're already doing that. Ending up with higher bills despite higher uh, cutting consumption. You see, Mira told you before, all that money that you would have for spending and consuming will be taken up by fees and taxes and energy taxes and so on. That's what it's all about. Since that's a motivational message, this is little short of moronic, although we've stopped wondering what these people do for brains. Well, these people aren't morons at all. They're simply following their agenda. They know exactly what they're doing. It says that the worst of it is that Hune is almost certainly underestimating the costs Earlier estimates have gone as high as £5,000 a year for energy bills. That's per family extra per year already. As they're cutting back and everything else, and, and getting a job over there is a miracle in itself. It says there's a third element here as well. Even though we're set for higher costs and reduced consumption, at this rate we will almost certainly have power cuts as well. Well, you see, that is also the United Nations' um, big goal, is to have these rolling brownouts where it, they'll tell you when your town or city's brownout will be in advance uh, so that you can get things ready and, and stuff won't melt in your fridge and stuff like that. So this is the new uh, sustainability and austerity plans, you see. You pay lots and lots more for less and less and less. That's what it's about. That's what it's all about. It's very simple. 
bringing you down and you pay more and more and more. The companies and the corporations won't lose out, believe you me, one way or another, they will not lose out on things. The big companies, international corporations that, that own goodness knows how many factories and so on, um, still have markets for their stuff. The up-and-coming markets in India, the emerging markets in, in Brazil, and of course China, even some of the peasants now can start to afford certain things, and uh, that's their, their big markets for the future as we go downhill. A purpose-made takedown. Because remember, they've said in the past that the West, especially the U.S., was the most dangerous country on the planet. They've said that at the United Nations. And they've also said through Murray Strong and others that they cannot allow another America, another U.S., with their high consumption and high standard of living, all that waste and, and all that kind of stuff, you see. When we know it's a con, it's all a con so the leak can live forever. Back with more after these messages. Hi folks, this is Alan Watt and we're cutting through the matrix. Yep, the elite do want to live forever, but they want to make sure they've got enough resources for them and their own, of course, for many thousands of years to come. And that ties in with the last article. Going back to the first article too, as I say, I'll, I'll also put up the Google page for this particular organization, the ones that vet all the NGOs that are coming into the UN. And remember too that every NGO that gets money and is accepted uh, must have a radical, and that's the words for a radical agenda, a radical change. Your own countries have been funding these groups as well for your whole lives, only to those ones who promise they're for radical change, radical change. Isn't it amazing? We're supposed to be fighting the communists at one time. That was all a big joke. But uh, because most of them ran the State Department in the U.S. and the same in Britain, but um, they weren't really communists. They were the they were the Royal Institute for International Affairs. With that's the same communist agenda. In fact, their their members uh, went over to Russia all the time. This was a long term goal. We're living through it. Every generation lives through the same agenda, being upgraded to the next part and the next part. The first part was to destroy all the old values that kept people together as nations and and real communities. Partly by flooding us all with uh, government aid through uh, social workers and so on that took over the responsibilities of families. And, but partly also to, 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 to destroy all the old ties that bound people together and even marriage as well. That was slated, had to go. People like H.G. Wells talked about that in the late 1800s. Free love? You thought it was a 60s thing? No. No. This is all part of the old agenda. The Milner uh, agenda that became the Royal Institute of International Affairs agenda and the CFR's agenda. And once they made you, the, your, your old, or destroyed your old values, then they rebuild you with a new set of politically correct values. That's what we're going through today, of course. And, uh, the writings of Russell, Huxley, and uh, many, many others confirms all of this stuff I'm saying. And Julian Huxley went as far as saying the society we're bringing in would never marry. They wouldn't have any need to marry because they'd basically be so promiscuous. 
And Russell said the same thing. He said that if we teach pre-pubertal sex, in other words, stimulate them over the rails before their time into sexual activity, then they'll never bind with anybody uh, for or bond with anybody for a lifetime of living with them. So that had to go, and it's pretty well been uh, proven right now. They've done it all. It's just, it's just a mess. So bad now, I notice there's even sites up there on the Internet with people who've been on Oprah, of course, that's where you get all your all your new ideas from for a lot of the women. And uh, about affairs, how, how good affairs are for you. And there's even an organization set up in New York, where else, uh, that will arrange discreet affairs for those that are a bit, a bit, you know, sullen or you know, jaded or whatever. Pushing the last vestige of what was one time a moral thing out the window. The thing that kept families and children together as families. So that had to go. And it's really, it really has almost been completely accomplished. You'll find in the writings of Carol Quigley, who was part of this, and he's all for this whole agenda, uh, writing at the end of his book, Tragedy and Hope, about how they actually um, promoted the sexuality of young females over boys to get them into sexual activity much more earlier than boys. That was all part of it too, and he was all for that as well, because you had to destroy society. He wanted to see the new society come in. He was uh, the official historian for the CFR. So they had no criticism of it at all. This article here is from Reuters. Another part of this agenda you see is political correctness, and it was under many guises. You don't realize that the Soviet Union elevated psychiatry, of course, as a science up to the top. So did Nazi Germany. In fact, many of the the Nazi psychiatrists, many of whom were actually Jewish as well, were, were Nazi party members because their agenda with eugenics all fitted in with the idea of hereditary mental illness and so on. So they were tied at the hip. And it hasn't changed uh, today. All psychiatrists are taught at the start that most uh, psychosis uh, are, are found in hereditary conditions and they put across these different ideas. It could be a dominant gene, it could be a chemical imbalance still caused by a dominant gene and so on. All these could-bes that are taught as fact. But they're also there to, to create a new type of society. In fact, as I say, the Soviets went so far is to lock people up as mentally ill if they wanted to retain individuality and make their own opinions on the society in which they were living. They called it inflexibility of opinion. That was a mental disorder in the Soviet system, and it shortly will be here too. Because we've all to get our psychiatric uh, assessments every so often under the new system. They're already weighing every child in Britain very frequently at school and sending mum's notes and that, and that dad, must mainly mums, it's all single mums now, I think, but that mums notes, uh, telling them that the child is one pound overweight, etc. Next step will be to find the parent, you see. And you'll also get psychiatric assess, assessments of them, and that will be the next kind of note they'll get as well. Your, your Johnny said something very politically incorrect in school, and you uh, had better, you must be the source of this, and if you're not the source, we want to find out who is the source of this indoctrination, this wrong indoctrination that he's getting. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth.
back and we're cutting through the matrix. We get cut off again at 8.30 exactly. It happens all the time. It's not this end and apparently it's not the other end, so something in between, I don't know. We're talking about uh, psychiatry and how it's three uh, parts of this this new organizational ability to to create new types of humans and so on, and into political correctness and all the rest of it, and how they have gone along and been highly elevated, in fact, in totalitarian regimes before. And that's, of course, why it's been given so much uh, um, credence in the West as well. You have to read the history of Freud and the whole explosion. The massive uh, money behind getting the Freudian message out to all the media was incredible. It was a must-be, as I say, to change society just as much as Darwin was as well. No one heard of Darwin until the Royal Society, a Masonic organization to deal with science, um, elevated his name to the top, made him a star before they released it all, and, and even show him to the public, and he was an instant success. The, the art of creating a star is just to build it up and build them up, and the guy appears and he's already a star. You see, it's quite simple. But Freud did the same thing, and then his uh, his daughter uh, took over and reformed the sort of World Psychiatric Association, and she had a great success uh, treating uh, dysfunctional families. I think every child committed suicide, actually, on the on the DVDs I've been sent on on her. And uh, the real aim of it was, though, to, to further make you think there's not another animal and yet you're not that high up on the totem pole after all in regards to life. And anything you do or feel can be easily explained by psychobabble. And that's all most of it is. They can't cure a darn thing. Uh, they can certainly tranquilize everybody. And all these things that, that mental patients are given are really tranquilizers. Uh, but they don't really know what's causing it. Lots of explanations, but nothing concrete. And uh, they keep adding every time, every every uh, year to the list of uh, different mental disorders. It's good for business because um, they get out again on the Oprah type shows, and they can disclose new illnesses that you never thought of before. One of them they had before was. Uh, it was, I think it was nervous, nervous leg syndrome. You know, when you're sitting there and you're, you're sitting on the, on the ball of your feet there, and then your legs start shaking. All children do it. And, uh, and now you're, now you've got a nervous leg syndrome and there's a pill for that. So, they go much, much further, of course, to try to create the new types of humans. Um, uh, the whole idea of being inhibited Inhibited is something that came out. You should call it anal retentive, meaning you were not hip, you were not ready to change into the new love everybody society. You know, the first generation of hippies that gave up everything, uh, ate out at restaurants or ordered pizza in because none of them learned to cook and never turned up for any appointments they ever made. That was the real breakthrough for the first attempt at communitarianism, as I said. And also they wanted to even go further and try the same thing they were trying in Israel at the time with the kibbutz-style living, where the children would not know who their parents were, and the kibbutz would bring up the children in creches, basically. It's very similar to what Adolf Hitler did, strangely enough, um, to create a Superman. And uh, it didn't work in Israel because the women preferred to take care of their own children, so eventually it faded away from the kibbutz. But they're trying things across the world. When you see the same things happening across the world under different names, they're all the same. It's the same agenda. 
It's the same with, uh, with sustainability and Agenda 21. Uh, they've been told from the United Nations to use different terms in different areas so that people don't catch on to the actual agenda that's underway. Getting back to psychiatry, uh, this was sent in by Rayman today, uh, and it's from Reuters, and it's July 27th. It says, an updated edition of a mental health Bible for doctors may include diagnoses for disorders such as toddler tantrums and binge eating, experts say. A world run by experts, exactly what Huxley said and Russell said. The trainers altered. Just listen to experts. Never listen to your own little voice in your head. It gives you common sense. No, listen to experts. And she says, and it could mean that soon no one will be classified as normal. Leading up mental health experts gave a briefing on Tuesday to warn that a new edition of the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, which is being revised now for publication in 2013, could devalue the seriousness of mental illness and label almost everyone as having some kind of disorder. Setting examples of new additions like mild anxiety depression, psychosis risk syndrome, and temper dysregulation order, they said many people previously seen as perfectly healthy could in future be told they're ill. And governments will use this, folks. Governments will use this. It says here it's leaking into normality. It's like Kinsey report, utter rubbish put together by a pervert who lied through his teeth about all his studies. To change society, that was the function. It was funded by the Rockefeller to do it. We saw the mess that we're in now today due to that, you know. This is the same with psychiatry. So they'll have a disorder for everything and, uh, again, inflexibility to, of, of opinion will be one of them. I'm sure they'll borrow that from the old Soviets. It says it's leaking into normality. It's, it's shrinking the pool of what is normal to a puddle, said Till Wikes of the Institute of Psychiatry, King's College, London. The DSM is published by the American Psychiatric Association and contains descriptions, symptoms, and other criteria for diagnosing mental disorders. It's seen as the global diagnostic bible for the field of mental health medicine. The criteria are designed to provide clear definitions for professionals who treat patients with mental disorders and for researchers and pharmaceutical drug companies seeking to develop new ways of making lots of money. No, I did that last part. They actually says of treating them. Wikes and colleges, uh, colleagues, Felicity Collard, also of King's Institute of Psychiatry, and Nick Craddock of Cardiff University's Department of Psychological Medicine and Neurology, said many in the psychiatric community are worried that the further the guidelines are expanded, the more likely it will become that nobody will be classed as normal anymore. Technically, with the classification of so many new disorders, we will all have disorders, they said in a joint statement. This may lead to the belief that many more of us need drugs to treat our conditions. Uh, many of these drugs will have unpleasant or dangerous side effects. I tell you, it'll be mandated too by judges' courts and so on. The scientist said psychosis risk syndrome, that's a good one, eh? psychosis risk syndrome diagnosis was particularly worrying since it could falsely label young people who may only have a small risk of developing an illness. It's a bit like telling 10 people with a common cold that they're sick, that they're uh, at risk for pneumonia syndrome when, your own, when only one is likely to get the disorder. It's actually a lot less than one. Wikes told the briefing. The American Psychiatric Association did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Oh, no, they wouldn't weigh up their lofty tower there. The scientists gave examples for the previous revision to the DSM, which was called DSM-4, and included broader diagnosis and categories for attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, <laughs> autism and childhood bipolar disorders. 
This, they said, had contributed to three false epidemics of these conditions, particularly in the United States. No, it's not false epidemics. It was on the cards. They want to drug, especially people who are young people who have leadership qualities, young males. That's what it's for, folks. During the last decade, how many doctors were harangued by worried patients into giving drugs like Ritalin to children who didn't really need it? Their statement asked, Millions of people across the world, many of them children, take ADH drugs, including Novartis Ritalin, which is known generically as methylphenidate. A similar drug such as Shire, PLCs, Adderall, and Vivans. In the United States alone, sales of these drugs was about $4.8 billion in 2008. That's quite a lot of cash, eh? They're all related to cocaine as well. Weiss and Callard published a comment in the Journal of Mental Health expressing their concern about the upcoming DSM revision and highlighting another 10 or more papers in the same journal from other scientists who are also worried DSM-5 is due to be published in May 2013. And believe you me, it's getting more and more and more and more political with their diagnosis. Believe you me, that's where it's all going. That's where it's all going. And you'll have to go to your, your, your rehabilitation centers when you've said something naughty or politically incorrect or so last century, as like to say in Hollywood, that, uh, that, that's where you get upgraded by various techniques. So you can come back out with a quality approved stamp on you saying, yes, you're now a good parrot and you'll get on with everybody regardless of what they say to you. And I'm always astonished too about 9-11 and, and how fast the whole world went into this. The whole world's never gone into a world war before with martial law everywhere, but it's everywhere at the same time, which meant it was preordained. They'd all signed the same treaties and agreements to do this, obviously. And it's nothing to do with 9-11, of course. It was for the new American century, which is also the new global century, which is the UN century. Please watching where you go. This is in Australia and Brisbane. This is people have applied, uh, the police have applied almost 50 times for commuters' movements in Brisbane public transport using their go-card records. Now, go-card records are for their, for your subways and your buses that they're all trying to get us on to use and get out our cars, you see, for sustainability, of course. And they're, they're, they're putting in the same things in New York and elsewhere. It's all to track wherever you go. And even who's on the train with you. And by the way, you can actually get fined if you don't, if you see something happening on a train and don't go and report it and it's been caught in camera, they'll have your record as a witness on that train and you'll get fined for not reporting it. So put that link up as well. This is our new freedom. Remember the redefined freedom? Bush said it when he said this is the new freedom. That was like the new deal by FDR. Same idea. And, and all this transparency, the government was going to get more and more transparent as you get better and better ways to, to lie to you. Uh, the White House proposal would ease FBI access to records of Internet activity. It's almost a passe thing, this whole article, really, because they've already been doing this long before they asked for anybody's permission. They gave us Internet with the idea of monitoring everybody at the very beginning. But now it's, it's, it's on the paper, it's above board, you know, they can do it now. This is Washington Post, uh, July 29th. The Obama administration is seeking to make it easier for the FBI to compel companies to turn over records of an individual's internet activity without a court order if agents deem the information relevant to a terrorism or intelligence investigation. Well, that covers anything. 
It wants to add just four words, electronic communication transactional records, to a list of items that the law says the FBI may demand without a judge's approval. You know, there's, there's much higher organizations than them doing checking all your stuff all the time, way above the FBI. And then, of course, we also have um, the same thing uh, to do with, uh, from Wired. I've gone through the history of Wired magazine, too. It's quite interesting. It's part of technocracy. But uh, this July 28th says, um, now the CIA and Google are both backing a company that monitors the web in real time and says it uses that information to predict the future. See, how I told you the CIA and so on, a good part of them are privatized. That way there's no public, when the public complain, they say, well, what can we do? The government says, what can we do? They're not part of the government, they're a private corporation. It's beautiful how they play this game, eh? And it's always been that way, and even before the CIA was up and running and the OSS, uh, Britain's Secret Service was doing it with private companies all the time too. The company is called Recorded Future, and it scours tens of thousands of websites, blogs, and Twitter accounts to find the relationships between people, organization, actions, and incidents, both present and still to come. In a white paper, the company says its temporal analytics team goes beyond search by looking at invisible links between documents that talk about the same or related entities and events. Well, I've, I've given articles over the years where they've already given it to other companies as well. Even universities have got access to it, some universities like MIT, and they check all your groups, your, your, your little cluster of friends, and see what you have in common. And then if, if one person in that cluster has another uh, uh, interest, they'll find that cluster as well and see what they all have in common and so on and so on and so on. And you all help them by prattling on about it and giving them all the data to go on. They don't have to go and search for it. You give it to them all quite happily. And then more transparency again in government. Uh, this was published July 28th, and it's um, it's Fox from Fox News. It says, Under a little, no- little notice provision of the recently passed financial reform legislation, the Securities and Exchange Commission no longer has to comply with virtually all requests from information releases from, from the public, including those filed under the Freedom of Information Act. The law signed last week by President Obama exempts the SEC from disclosing records or information derived from surveillance risk assessments or other regulatory and oversight activities. Given that the SEC is a regulatory body, the provision covers almost every action by the agency, lawyers say. Congress and federal agencies can request information, but the public cannot. That's your new freedoms for you. And it goes on and on and on, but I won't go through it all. This is stuff that's given out to us to, to parrot on about, you see. It never gives you any solutions, because it knows it can't give you any solutions. Everyone knows what the solution would have to be. Everyone knows. Because you've had a regime on the go for an awful, awful long time that planned to take down every nation and they put their own boys in as presidents and prime ministers all along, not just in a couple of countries, but in quite a few. And they were all treasonous and sold everybody out by signing treaties and so on. Not only that, they've, they've made sure that they can't be overthrown, at least they think they have, by creating internal armies under the guise of war on drugs, war on this, war on that. Because the police are now a paramilitary organization using a lot of the same 
weaponry as the military. In fact, there's articles out there that the police are the biggest purchasers of military weaponry. And really, as I say, most folk are quite happy to go along with it. And that's always been true of the masses in any age and era. The problem with those who know what's going on, as I say, they don't fit in with the elites, not that they'd want to, and they don't belong to the general masses who are quite content to uh, do whatever they're told to do, wear whatever they're told to wear, say whatever they're told to say, and be very politically correct. So therefore, the masses and the elite form a symbiosis. They always have done. And that's why in all ancient religions, you always had a god and a representative who led the sheep. The people are the sheep, you see. And sheep have a, f- a couple of functions. One is to be sheared to, to, for commerce, you see. So they can wear a little apron on the front for the master, you know, at the lodge. And the second function is to feed the master with his meat. Everyone knows this. Now, advice for organizations that start up to try and save something, and that's all people are trying to do, not, not a revolution. What they're really doing is having a quiet rebellion. And they do that by the means advocated to them, which are peaceable. But it's all meant, really, to try and keep what you have. And each year you're losing more and more and more of that which you've been keeping. And in reality, by the time you found out about it in the first place, you've already lost it. It's often years later that you find out what's happened. And down the road, the generations that grow up, they don't care. They don't care. Anything beyond their age is, is it's ancient history. So when you get groups formed, make sure you never bend from your purpose. Back with more after this. Alan Watt and we're cutting through the matrix just finishing off by talking about the groups and so on to that try to keep what you have and the system that you have even though the system you're, you're keeping now today is different from the one 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years ago because we're constantly changing and constantly more has been taken away from, from you to hold on to and whenever you form a group you'll find that um, you're infiltrated of course and the infiltration is done by generally a very good talker coming in who knows all the stuff, uh, who will volunteer to do more than the rest of you and ends up being elected as, as the top guy or woman. They're trained, of course, to do this infiltrate. There are thousands sitting there ready to go in. There's more people, you know, not spying, but sitting ready to spy, waiting for assignments than you ever imagine. Why not when they work for the people who create money out of thin air for the whole planet? And whenever they deviate from your initial purpose, you'll know. You'll know that's what's happened to you. You cannot go after a hundred different things at one time. That's what the, again, people going into trying to wake up, get hit with hundreds of things every day. And, and so they're so terrified, they, they're underneath the kitchen table living in a neurotic stupor. That's not how to live. Don't panic because you see this has always been going on. Don't panic. And stick it to one thing at a time. 
Don't overload yourself with, oh, I'm getting attacked from a hundred different areas at once. Well, maybe you are, but you can only deal with one at a time. So if different groups pick different areas, maybe they can do something about it and don't bend. Because you see, we're going under the worst tyranny the world has ever seen, a scientifically designed tyranny financed by the biggest money men on the planet. Again, using your tax money as well, because we're just tax slaves. And bringing us into a new system of sustainability and depopulation. They're crying for rapid depopulation, not just poverty. Poverty is one part of it under this guise of austerity. Well, personally, I don't fancy living in a little, a little village and we all swap sweaters and help each other out with holes in them and one person darns the old one and so on. No, 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 no. Well, the elites get richer. As, as they always have done, the ones who are bringing all this down on you. Strange how the elite too hated the middle class. If you never caught on to that, the, the elite hated the middle class as much as the communists. And they've eradicated the middle classes. They thought they were petty copiers and made jokes about them all the time. And of course, that's why the elite bankers in Britain formed the Relationship for International Affairs through the Milner Group and funded the League of Nations, then the United Nations, into being with their American counterparts, the Rockefellers, Ford Carnegie Foundations, and so on. It is a war, but don't panic, as they say. Don't overload yourself with too many nasty things per day, because most of these things you can't really do anything about, little old you. But you can certainly, with like-minded people, pick on one thing and Make a priority list of things that you can do. What's really important. Because the more things you lose, your rights to feed yourself, the right to grow vegetables, the right to stay in a house without being taxed out of existence, and so on and so on. These are priorities. When you're in one of these uh, communities, these new communitarian areas, there's going to be a hierarchy of a picking order from the experts all down to petty old you at the bottom. That must never be allowed to come in and happen. And you've got to get your governments to get them out of your lives. From Hamish and myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, your God or your gods go with you. <laughs>